I've never seen the great pyramids of Egypt. Once I was in Mexico and on a mission trip and we went up a pyramid there in Mexico. <laughs> At the very top of the pyramid here is a guy selling Coca-Cola. It's the best Coca-Cola I ever had in my life. Um, I've, I've, never, I've never actually seen, again, the, the, the Egyptian pyramids, but I hear they're amazing. And I was just reading this about him. It says, some have estimated that it required the efforts of 100,000 workers working full-time for 40 years to build just one of the great pyramids. Why did the Egyptians devote such intense labor to the project? Why so much effort? Why so much emphasis on the afterlife? Well, although they were misled theologically, they were right about one thing. The Egyptians understood that they would spend a lot more time in the afterlife than they would spend in this life. We seem to be so focused on things on this earth. We're focused on our jobs. We're focused on our houses. We're focused on our retirement accounts. We're focused on a lot of things. And I wonder if we focus on how long we'll be alive. Um, We're going to live forever. James Chapter 4, verse 14 says about this life, why are we so concerned about it? Because it's here and it's gone. Your life is like a vapor. It's here for a while and then it vanishes. Let's look at what Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 1. So Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. He said, those of us that are saved, those of us that are, who have given our lives to Christ, we have received this precious, precious offering of life in Jesus Christ. Verse 2, grace and peace to you in abundance through the knowledge of God and of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you. As you grow in your knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's so important that we continue to grow and we continue to understand what Christ has done for us. So Peter goes on and says, this is what he's done for us. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. The knowledge that we need is not of our church. The knowledge what we, of what, what we need is not of one another and how people serve God because we're not called to be followers of people. We're called to be followers of Christ. So we need to grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Verse 4, through these he has given us very great and precious promises so that through them we may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. I don't think the world's getting any better. I could be wrong. I could be in a minority but I see evil everywhere. Does it mean we just camp in our homes, we isolate, um, we insulate, we stay away? No, the Bible says we're here to make a difference. We are here to, to invest in those people who do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what we're called to do. Verse five, for this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, to your goodness, knowledge, to your knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. These are all qualities that we, we add to our faith. They're supposed to be a part of our faith, but it begins with our relationship with Jesus Christ. 
It begins with saying yes to him. It begins with asking him to forgive us of our sins. And then we grow in our faith. That is not the ending point when we make a decision for Christ. It's the beginning. Verse 8, for if any possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And again, what are we supposed to be effective in? In our work? Yes, but first and foremost, in our knowledge of Jesus Christ. We don't want to be involved in things that break that fellowship with Christ. We don't want to be involved in things that separate us um, or cause us not to grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Verse 9, But if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. If we're not building our relationship with Jesus through prayer, through growing in all of these things that he's talked about in these verses, then we're, we're nearsighted, he said, and we're blind and, and we've forgotten what he's done for us and we're still looking backwards instead of looking forward. Verse 10, therefore, there's that connecting word again. Therefore, what is it? Therefore, all of this that he's going to say in the next couple of verses is is uh, connected to everything he just said. Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and your election sure, for if you do these things, you will never fall. And look at verse 11, underline it, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We don't look back, we look forward. We don't live in the future, we live in today, and we make a difference in every way that we can, but the only way we can do that is to grow in our knowledge of God and Jesus, our Lord. We add these things that he's talked about to our lives, and we begin to grow, and we become more like him. Why? Because we're going to spend an eternity with him. He should be our focus. He should be the one that we're trying to be like. Don't try to be like me. Don't try to be like your pastor. Don't try to be like your friends who know Christ. Don't compare. Don't compare. Just continue to grow and to become more like Christ. Let me pray for you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. God bless you. Until we talk again.